If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything that you need all in one place. Let me tell you about it. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, it can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it is totally free. So, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Electric Fishing All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of podcast slash live stream. For you guys that are listening to this on podcast form, I appreciate you guys so very much. And if you're listening to it on iTunes, if you would go give us a rating and a little comment down there and tell us how well we're doing, because apparently that's how you like push it to the top on iTunes. And according to my analytics last time I looked at it, we're split like 50-50 between Spotify and iTunes. So whatever you happen to be listening on, um, if you can give it a rating or whatever, go do that because apparently like that's how you make it happen. Um, for everybody here on the YouTube channel, I appreciate all you guys. It's been pretty cool to see some people that have come strictly from the podcast and found me through podcast and come over to the YouTube channel and become a subscriber. So that's really cool. Um, but if you listen on podcast every Friday night, it's a live stream that I do. You guys can come interact live over in the comment section, ask questions, interact with us. That's really what's kind of cool is you can help to drive the conversation and be part of our conversation that we have every Friday night. Um, so one important thing that I need to get out of the way before we get into this podcast is that it is sponsored by Monster Bass. Monster Bass is a really cool company that I have the privilege privilege of not only working with, but actually own part of as well. And um, what's really cool about Monster Bass is they are a subscription-based company. And what they're going to do is they're going to send you a box of baits every single month. Now, I know what you're thinking. Alex, sounds like all the rest of that junk out there, but I promise you that it is not. What's really cool about Monster Bass and what we're doing that's unique is that we are sending you a box of baits, not only for the time of year that you're fishing, but the region of the country that you are fishing in as well. So that means that you're going to get baits that are going to work for you when you need them to work for you, as well as you're going to get baits that you may have tried, may not have tried, and we're always trying to get the best brands out there. We're putting in brands like Strike King, Booyah, um, Yum!, Ben, what else we got, buddy? My brain always goes blank when I'm trying to pull out all these bait names. Like, what else we got? Oh, we're, coming with, we're coming out with Bait Lab, Bait Labs, which oh, is yeah? a new company. They have a lot of really awesome crankbaits. We're putting one of the crankbaits in the March box. Um, Zoom is going to be in the March box, which is something that hasn't been put in any of these boxes ever before. So, nice. a lot of really cool things that are going to be coming. There you go. There you go. So, I'll have a link down below so you guys can go check out Monster Bass if you would go click that link. Um, they help to support this podcast, support this channel. So please go help to support them by buying a box, buying a shirt. I know a lot of people who are buying the Monster Bass hoodie, the Mountain Dew logo one, just because they think it's cool. They don't even have a box. They just think the, the, the logo is cool. So. I've gotten so many comments on that hoodie. Just like, man, that hoodie's so sweet. Like, what are mm -hmm. you guys? Just so many cool. Stuff. it is it is so funny like people like the people that i work with at school the teachers are like oh i want that i'm like it's a it's a hoodie for a company that i work with and they're like yeah i know but it's cool i want it and i'm like oh, yeah, I guess I can get you. <laughs> oh but anyway so 
Hey, Could Sean, not. thank you so much for the $10 Super Chat donation. Thank um, you, Sean. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's get let's um, let's get into this. So tonight, I was going to title this podcast slash live stream, Does the Bassmasters Classic Even Matter? And really, I was going to do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, it just gets everybody's attention, and everybody already comes in here all hot and bothered, ready to fight about you know that kind of topic but instead i thought i would talk about what really matters in bass fishing and what really matters in fishing in general because the past couple of days i've just kind of been inside my head about all kinds of stuff and i've been like like and i'm aware of it but i've been like really unappreciative of what i have and like what youtube and what you guys have afforded me to have and I'm willing to like be 1000% transparent and honest with you guys and tell you that. I mean, I've been super unappreciative and, you know, and it's not because I'm looking at anybody else going, I want that. I'm just like, not saying that, not saying that you want that, but we're looking at other guys saying, how do we become better mm -hmm. as building this community? Exactly. Because I am, and I told Ben this earlier, I am super hard on myself as far as I want to succeed. And when I get my mindset to something, I want to do it to the best of my absolute ability. And when I don't do that, I get pissed off at myself. And then I start to look and I, and I try to play this blame game when really I know the whole entire time in my head, I, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything other than just having to get myself back in the mindset of staying the course on what I'm doing here. And you guys, obviously, you don't have to be privy to this. I mean, like, we don't share our entire existence and life on YouTube. And, you know, the thing is, is, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on at work and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in normal life and all these things just culminate. And then the YouTube thing, like something will go wrong or something will, you know, a video don't pop off like you think it should, or you make the perfect thumbnail, whatever. And then it doesn't work out. And then you just get all angry about it. Right. And so I thought all that being said, instead of talking about something negative or instead of taking this from a negative perspective, I'm going to be as positive as I can tonight and sh just really share with you guys what really matters to me about bass fishing. Because, you know, I told Bethany before I started this, I said, I changed the title of this to what really matters about bass fishing. And she goes, well, what really does matter? And I'm like, just the fact that it makes me happy. Like the fact that, you know, I'm excited to go fishing every single time that I go fishing. Like I never go to the lake and I'm never like, man, I got to be out here, man. I got to make a video. No, I freaking love, I love going out there and making videos and I love going fishing. And that's really what has been my problem is I've not been able to go out there and make as many videos as I would like to. And I've not been able to go out there and catch as many fish as I would like to and be out on the water as much as I'd like to. And you know, it, it just all kind of culminates over time. And I think, I think that we all kind of go through that crap. Right. We all just kind of get down in a slump. Sometimes you just got to you just got to claw your way back out and be positive about it. But, you know, that's really for me. I mean, what matters about bass fishing? I mean, my earliest memories are going fishing. My greatest memories in my life, you know, next to getting married and one day, maybe when my kids are born, literally all center around bass fishing. I mean, they really do. Like, if you really think back in my catalog of my life, you know, like everything awesome that has happened or I've seen has is centered around bass fishing. And so I don't know. I mean, I just thought I'd share it with you guys. Just take the first few minutes here and just kind of talk about that because, you know, I yeah. don't know. We Dude. And, and I've been watching zona live a lot and it really got me thinking because 
the last episode I watched was him when he was fishing with Davy Height. And one of the things that he goes on to talk about is like when him and Davy are 75 years old and they're not able to get back out on the water, like they'll go hang out somewhere and drink a beer and sit on a porch and talk about that one day when they caught him on one stick. Like when you really think about it, like we have all of these different things that are really, really cool opportunities because of our YouTube. Right. But if you took it all away, like I, I would still come down and go fishing with you and you'd still come up to Michigan and go fishing with me. And we'd have these memories that last literally the rest of our lives. Exactly. Like things you and I are always going to talk about some of the days we've had on the water, but like in particular when those fish were moving up spawning and we were catching them out of the dust clouds when they were making their beds. Mm. Right. Like when we're 80 years old, we're going to sit there and be like telling our kids that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and dude, that's what matters. I mean, that's, it's not the stuff. It's not the, you know, who did what first. It's not the money. It's not the anything. It's just the fact that I just, I just love bass fishing. I love it. You know what I mean? I just really, really love it. And like, I don't know, man, I just got all inside of my head today and the past couple of days and just <laughs> kind of looking at everything, man. And I got pissed. I mean, I honestly got pissed because like, I was pissed, number one, because I wasn't achieving these goals that were ridiculous in my head. And then number two, I was pissed because I was unappreciative of the fact that I've gained 2,000 subscribers in a little under a week. And I've had two videos that have just absolutely popped off. And, I mean, you know, I got to be appreciative to everybody that watches these videos. Like, how can you not sit back and appreciate that? You know what I mean? And in... Ah, you know, man, it's just one of those deals that at least I'm at least I'm aware of it. You know what I mean? At least I'm not sitting back like, why is this not working out for me? And there's somebody going, you know, this dude's just gained 2000 subscribers in two days. Why is he bitching about this? I'm aware of it. It's just my my drive to do better than I can do and will do and have ever done before is so strong that sometimes it just gets in my way of like seeing the under like seeing the the picture, you know what I mean? So yep. we'll get there. We will get there. We will get there. All right. So now let's talk about the Bassmaster Classic. Um obviously that thing is like going on down there. Um I, oh, is I, it? yeah is it? it's some little derby down on Gunnersville. There's like some <laughs> guys that are fishing it. Um, Dude, I heard it got bumpy today. Like three and a yeah. half, four foot waves on Gunnersville and guys yeah. were like it was like like Lake Erie or Lake St. Clair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. Like I tell you, that Gunnersville and Pickwick are the only two lakes that I've ever been on that are that brutal when the wind gets up. There's something about the way those lakes are set up, dude, that they just get brutal, and the waves are spaced weird all every time. Like it's not like you can get down in one, and it's like you go down in one, and there's one like right behind it, and then the next one's like six feet away, and you're just like hit one, just freaking spear the next one, jump over the next one. And it's just, it's just, yeah, no. Pickwick and Gunnersville are, are some bitches. They can be some mean bitches. But um, Hank Cherry, <laughs> Hank Cherry came in with a twenty-nine pound bag. I repeat, crazy. a twenty-nine pound bag. I'm gonna give you one guess on what he was doing. Fishing a jerk bait. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. those of you on here that don't know much about Hank Cherry, he is a jerk bait fisherman through and through. Um, he does pretty well with a jerk bait in the springtime. And always seems to do really well at the Bassmaster Classic. Like every year, Coldwater Classic, he's somewhere up towards the top, which I think is pretty pretty cool. 
yeah. Yeah, and it, it's cool, man. I tell you one thing though, I'm having a little bit of trouble with is I really don't recognize a lot of those dudes. Uh, like it is so hard for me to invest in like the whole deal because I'm like I like Hank Cherry. Like, and I really think if anybody deserves to win it, it's Hank Cherry because that dude's stuck with it. I mean, like he is he has fished his ass off for a lot of years and he deserves it. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, like what do you feel that way? I mean, I don't know. Cause yeah. you, know, you, so I there's feel like a, you, you know, more pros than I do or something. Well, so I just love pro bass fishing, right? Like mm-hmm. I am a ginormous fan of pro bass fishing just in general, because for a long time, that's what I wanted to do. And there are a lot of newer names, which I think it's going to take five, six, seven, ten years for the bass master elite series to be back to where it was. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to like that. I say that, but I just think it's going to take, longer than two years for people to start recognizing names and mm-hmm. have like really legendary anglers back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious on this classic on how it's going to go down tomorrow because Hank Cherry has an eight and a half pound lead over the next pl- place guy. Is, is he going to be able to catch another 20 pound bag or is someone going to catch 22 pounds and he's only going to catch 16 and he's going to be like neck and neck with second place. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because Gunnersville has been changing so much every single day. You guys got a bunch of rain, a bunch of rain, a bunch of rain, and now it's starting to stabilize. When I say stabilize, it's not really stable, but more so. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. What's the weather look like tomorrow? I don't even look like it. Uh, I think it's going to be – today was pretty post-frontal. Tomorrow should be like the second day after the front, and then Sunday is just going to be an absolute hammer slugfest. Nice. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. I mean, I think this could be this could be one of those classics, man. I mean, there was a guy that weighed in 13 and a half pounds with two fish. I mean, so, you know, the field average was about 13 to 15 pounds. I mean, a dude like that could stick around in it and, and do it, pull a Jordan Lee and come back on the last day and catch 30 pounds. I mean, you never know, man. It's Gunnersville. Gunnersville's right. got a lot of big fishing. In this time of year, at any moment, you could pull up on the right sandbar or the right shell bar or the right grass flat and crack 30 pounds so, so quick and just totally change the outcome of the tournament. I mean, you could pull like an Edwin Evers did a couple classics ago or three, four classics ago in Oklahoma when he did that. I mean, he caught 30 pounds that last day. And and just pretty much took it from Jason Christie. Yeah. I think um, your dad made a good point. He said the wind's going to get real and the grass is going to start to play a little bit more. I'm super curious to know how much good grass, like actual good grass there is in the lake, moderately shallow, because everything I've heard is the lake is like flooded for the most part. So there's a bunch of water up in the bushes. Mm-hmm. So I know there's some grass or some of the shallow grass that's, four foot underwater how much of that's actually going to play and mm-hmm. how much of that is actually good with fish in it right now or mm-hmm. are these guys and i know i watched a little bit of the live a lot of guys were way off the bank a lot of guys were fishing some of that like secondary main lake pre-spawn stuff um but are those fish going to start to push when the water starts to warm up i'm not really sure mm-hmm. so. and you know what's interesting is like with all the wind today what a lot of people don't understand is that grass will lay down so when the current gets real high like that that grass will lay down, and when it lays down, those fish can't get up in that grass and, and sit there and position how they want to. So they'll stay out of it. So if that wind dies down 
and that grass starts to, you know, stand back up, literally, like you got to think like when you watch a field in the wind, like how that grass will lay down and then it'll stand back up when the wind lets off, grass underwater will do the same exact thing. So you got to think if that wind lets up and that current backs off just a little bit and they don't generate as hard through the dam, and that grass starts to stand back up, that whole grass spot that a lot of those guys were on may turn right back on. And it's also the same with, you know, if there's a ton of current but not a ton of wind, where that mud was at can get clear really, really quick as well. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's definitely definitely going to be interesting. Where's uh, where's old fighter man at? How, what did he catch today? I didn't even see. He only he caught 16-10, so he's in 15th, 14th place. Oh, that's still good. So place. he's a little bit down there. Yeah. I'd like to see him win a, lake, or win a tournament down on a southern lake. He, uh, he always does well. But he like he's never won one down here. I'd like to see him win one down here. But um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about this new kayak. <laughs> dude. Oh, dude! Listen, I'm so excited to get that kayak. I can't even stand it. Okay, like I'm jacked up. So for you guys that don't know what I'm talking about, Old Town has come out with a new kayak. Well, they come out with seven new kayaks, but their new flagship is the Autopilot. They have the 12 and the 13 foot. And it's the uh, Old Town Autopilot Sportsman. And what is so awesome about it and what's so revolutionary and may I say it, hashtag game changer, hashtag game changer, is that um, the kayak comes equipped with a 45-pound thrust Autopilot Minn Kota trolling motor. So essentially it comes equipped with a 45-pound thrust Ultrax. You get spot lock, you get the servo motor, you get the... Um, little remote control fob that you can direct the kayak with. You get all that in the motor, in the kayak, and um, it comes pre-wired, ready to go. I mean, literally all you got to do is stick your battery in there. You got to screw down your terminals, plug everything in, and you're good to go. Literally pre-wired, pre-rigged, everything that you need is right there, and you're out there fishing with Spotlight, which, do for me is going to absolutely change the way that I kayak fish. Like I've got a couple really big tournaments this year. I got the BASS open kayak series on Chickamauga, um, which big current Lake. And then I've got the KBF on Loudon Teleco again, big current Lake. And so my ability to roll up on a spot and hit spot, like and sit there and catch fish is going to be freaking huge. And I'm just, I'm so excited! I can't even stand it. I, I'm supposed to get Dude, my my order. I my, think it's amazing. Like you are super insanely stoked on this. My yeah. opinion on this, I know it's game changing. Like I know it really is, especially for guys that kayak fish a lot. But for me, and you and I had this conversation earlier. For me, as a moderate kayak angler, like I'm gonna dump it in the river, float down the river, and have someone pick me up at the other end. For me, it's like neat, but I'd rather just have something I can pedal right yes. if I need to get around. So I think you have those two different groups of people. And I don't think they're trying to market to guys like me. They're trying to market to guys who are very serious kayak anglers who really fish heavy current areas or fish tournaments or fish bodies of water where they need to be able to have some sort of power engine on their kayak. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really interesting hearing your perspective versus my perspective because um, we look at it a little bit differently. I still think it's amazing. I think it's unbelievable that someone – well, that old town could partner with a company like Minkota and get a product like that integrated into the kayak with Spotlock. Come up with, oh, dude, we need to talk about this. Come up with all these new adjustments to the top water and to the um, kayak lineup 
that were basically presented by you in that meeting we had with them last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, it's, uh, it's, it's it's amazing to to see that come to fruition. So I want to address a couple things before we get into all the the updates to the kayaks. Um, too old for a kayak? No, you're not. Trust me. These new modern kayaks are absolutely ridiculous. Too fat for a kayak? No, trust me. These new modern kayaks are absolutely ridiculous. Um, the old town, the new... Say you didn't want to get into the autopilot and you just wanted to get into the Predator. The 13-foot Predator has a 900-pound capacity. Like, you're not going to sink that thing. I promise you. Like, even when you load it down with 300 pounds of gear and you're 300 pounds, which is absolutely impossible, you're nowhere near the weight capacity on those kayaks. But, no, yeah, so pretty much what's really cool about this new kayak is it is a kayak for anglers designed by anglers. And we had a big meeting at ICAST, and they brought us all in and asked us suggestions on what we would like to see on a new uh, kayak. And we gave them all kinds of suggestions. And then they started to develop this kayak, brought in some more anglers, um, you know, asked them their opinions on, you know, what would you like to see change, blah, 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 blah. And they pretty much just, like, they they developed that kayak around what the anglers wanted. Um, completely redesigned splash whale, absolutely enormous. You can put anything you want to back there. I mean, you could put two black packs back there if, if you wanted to. There's that much room. Um, brand new redesigned cockpit, quote unquote, kind of what they call it. Um, and, you know, just plenty of room, plenty of storage options, plenty of everything. I mean, brand new seat design. They The um, rudder system is now controlled by your foot pegs. And then you obviously have the trolling motor built in there as well. They redesigned the handles on the back, all that kind of stuff. And they have pretty much built a tournament-ready kayak with a Minkota Ultrax trolling motor on it, plug-and-play for $4,000, which, I mean, like I said, like Ben said, this is a kayak designed for serious tournament anglers, but I can promise you guys you're not going to be able to buy a kayak and rig it at this price point the way that this kayak is rigged, ready to go plug and play. I mean, and the thing is, too, you look at a Hobie, which there's always this guy that says I'm a Hobie hater, which he can suck my left nut. Um, Because I actually, I mean, I've been in a Hobie. They're really nice kayaks. I've never seen anything bad about a Hobie. I'm just saying the price tag's ridiculous. Um, But a brand new Hobie 360 is $4,000. So you can either buy a Hobie 360 that you still have to pedal, or you can buy this absolutely gorgeous Tennessee orange, <laughs> which I also love, um, autopilot. But here it is. So, okay, I don't know what just happened to Ben. Um, uh, okay, yep. All right, so whatever, we're here. You know, it's it's just me again. Maybe we'll get Ben back on here. But yeah, no, so, you know, and a lot of people will say you can get into a bass boat for that kind of money. But, you know, honestly, there's some people that don't like fishing in bass boats. They don't want to fish in a boat. And so, you know, kayak fishing may be the way that they want to go. And then, like, serious kayak tournament anglers. I mean, I can promise you guys, these kayak tournaments um, that I, I'm getting into, 
Um, you know, these, these where I'm paying 250, $350 entry fees, where there's 200 boats competing, where these guys are rolling out in kayaks that are totally rigged out with torpedoes and trolling motors and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to have to have something that I can compete in. And it's not to say that you couldn't compete in a paddle kayak or a pedal kayak. You absolutely couldn't, could win. It's just, there he is. It's just a lot easier, um, just a lot easier to uh, have that motor, have all that stuff um, equipped on it already and be able to go out again, plug and play, and and go tournament kayak fishing. And then some people, like this Tone Bassin guy, says he doesn't want a bass boat because he's got a bunch of small lakes. And that's another thing. I mean, there are some people that fish on lakes that have horsepower regulations that you can't even use a gas motor. And so a big, nice rigged out kayak is a lot better option for them than say even a John boat. You know, I, I had somebody make the comment to me, um, you know, John boat, you can get a fully rigged up John boat with a trailer for less than that, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I can promise you thousand percent, thousand percent that <laughs> I sound like Donald Trump when I said that. One thousand percent. It's it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I know the best. Much, uh... um, I've been watching too much Donald Trump. The yeah. That that kayak that the the sportsman is going to have so much better fishability than a John boat, and so I don't know. I'm super. Here's the deal. I'm jacked up about it. I know you guys can tell. I mean, I'm already I'm already talking about this thing, and I've not even got my hands on it yet. Um, but I'll have mine the first of April, and we'll get it again. Totally unbiased. Um, Totally unbiased review on that kayak, though. Like, I will abuse that thing, and I will push it to its limits, and I will see where it wants to break at, and I will be totally transparent about it when it happens. But the thing is, is I've got two old towns now, the Topwater and the Predator, that I have drug all over the place, done all kinds of stuff to, and uh, not been able to break it. William, no, I'm not paying $4,000 for it. Nope, they're giving me one, so I'm not, not going to hide behind that fact. They're sending me a kayak because I'm an influencer and they want me to use the kayak and um, abuse it because I do like to abuse my equipment. I mean, I ran my boat, I ran my boat up into the rocks that I did pay for and do pay for every single month up into the rocks the other day with no remorse whatsoever because it's an aluminum. That's what I like to do with it. I posted a picture of it on Instagram too. That picture, if you did not know, and I did not put this in the caption, which I probably need to. My boat was actually sitting on a stump, and I didn't realize it. And so I, when we got back in the boat, the boat was kept rocking like this, and it kept rocking, it kept rocking. I was like, why is it rocking like that? And then when I put the trolling motor back down and started to, to push it off, it rolled off the stump, and I realized it was sitting on the stump. So, <laughs> Yes, JL, they want me to influence you, man. That's that's what they want you to do, or they, what they want me to do, which... You know, man, I here's my deal. If I don't believe anybody that watches my videos that I influence them that much. Now, do I present you guys with options so that you can go out and make your own decision? Totally. But I don't, I mean, I have never watched a YouTube video and bought a product because of a YouTube video. Now, have I watched YouTube videos about products to research it to make a buying decision? Absolutely. But I've never gone, watched one video and gone, I got to get one of those. Never. Dude, <laughs> I watch a lot of videos. I watch Zona catch some fish on some videos, and I'm like, "Did you go out and buy the bait?" Damn, damn, huh? <laughs> damn. So, 
But yeah, no, I'm jacked up about the kayak. They, that's spotlight <laughs> on a kayak. Like, okay, here's my question. Would you rather have spot locks or a power pole? Spot lock. Why do you, why, what makes you think that? Because on a kayak, no, on a kayak or on just in period? On a kayak. Oh, no, definitely spot lock. Because when you power pole down in a kayak, there's only one pole that goes down in the back. And it's that mini pole. And let me tell you what happens when, you've, when you're pointed up towards the current and you drop your power pole and it points Dude. you right down current. Okay. So here's my perspective. Definitely would rather have spot lock because if I have spot lock, that means I have power on that thing. I don't have to use my legs or my arms. Dude, that's what's so cool is what is actually really cool about it is that you can turn the trolling motor head and actually go at an angle. So like say that you want to, you know, say that you're flipping docks or something. You can actually turn your kayak at an angle that'll help you to skip docks a lot better and just keep your kayak going in that direction with it kind of like cocked at an angle. There's a there's a video on Old Times YouTube um, channel that you guys can go check out, and it actually shows the kayak kind of going up a canal at an angle, and the guy's fishing, which I think is wicked because we turn our boats like that. I know when I'm cranking, like I'll kind of cock, cock my boat up into a certain position because it's easier for me to – roll cast those crankbaits especially when the wind's blowing and stuff but i mean it's a game changer dude for real you know and there's gonna be people who'll be like oh four thousand dollars and the new boat whatever i mean if you don't want to buy it don't buy it there's people that are going to buy this kayak they're going to enjoy this kayak they're going to love their purchase and then there's people who just don't want to i think ben's the kind of person that would never buy this kayak because he would never use that and not enjoy that purchase right whereas me, honestly, I would buy that kayak and enjoy that purchase. Whereas Alex Rudd really never would ever buy side scan if it cost him any money because he doesn't use that. No. So, I mean, I could take all the graphs. Hey, I just need one graph with mapping. That's all I need. So, J.L. Anderson talks about the Yozuri knuckleball and he calls it a spinnerbait. My advice, and I'm not saying don't buy it, I'm saying it's not a spinnerbait and it's sort of not really useful. So now I've never, I don't even know what we're talking about. It's like a spinnerbait, but it's got just like a, a nut on the end of it that wobbles back and forth. Like a nut nut? Like a testicle? <laughs> kind of looks like that, yeah. It's supposed oh, to buy, one, buy oh, one testicle spinnerbait. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, no. No, I do remember that. Yeah, remember, we know. went to that meeting. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I cast, and they like showed it to us, and we all stood there and just looked at it like, "How are you hell? supposed to use this thing?" And, the like, and I literally asked him, "I was like, what the hell are we supposed to do with that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's an amazing grass bait." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's meant to be oh. fish like less than three foot below the surface." I'm like, "I was like, yeah, okay, maybe it's like a sleeper bait. Maybe we're just like totally shit talking it, but it's a sleeper bait." So it might be. I don't know. Man, I talked trash about that little uh, dark sleeper for a long time, and people are smashing fish on that thing. So, yeah, but I watched you. I watched you lose what four four pounders on beds with that thing too. <laughs> so hook in them. I was so mad. Yeah. So yeah. I like literally was like, nah, won't even buy that. I'm good. Dude, I think this weekend I'm going to take and put all my tackle in my boat. Well, the tackle that I need for. The springtime. I'm just so excited for the season, dude. So you've almost got open water. Yeah. 
and you're going to go out this weekend and do something really cool. Oh, oh I'm going to put pan out. The perspective mode is on my boat now. I haven't seen a picture, I don't think. But no. yeah, no, I got the perspective mode on there. I got to update my graphs so it has it. But I am so excited to see like how that thing works. I do. So we talked about the perspective mode last week, but give people a general rundown just one more time. Perspective mode is like a crossover between live scope, traditional forward view, which views forward and like is a small cone angle. And like 360 from Humminbird, but it's real time. So like you, what perspective mode is, it's actually a mount that goes on your live scope transducer that allows you to turn your live scope transducer horizontally. And then it shoots out like a 150 degree cone angle and it shows you like a side imaging picture out in front of your boat, all real time. So you can like see, let's say you're fishing uh, a big, Let's say you're fishing a big rock reef. You can see like, okay, there's a big boulder patch here. There's some sand mixed in here. Just super, super exciting. And I, I can't wait to show you guys. Perspective mount, uh, William, I'm actually trying to work with my buddy to figure out how you could mount perspective mode on that style. I think you could still do it even if you mount it on the head of your trolling motor. But it's a little bit more difficult super difficult i don't don't think i don't think you could use the garmin perspective mount to do it i think you would have to build a mount for it and i'm not using garmin's mount right now either i'm still waiting on that so i basically he is just a handy little man not did you know ben ben used to be an elf that worked at santa's workshop that's where he got all his little handy (laughs) that's and then he wanted to be then he wanted to be a dentist um, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, so Jason asked, do you think someone starting out should get into the big kayak, like the big flagship kayak right off the back? I'll be totally honest. Probably not. If you're just getting into kayak fishing, I would definitely though, go ahead and invest in a pedal drive. Um, I know a lot of people who bought the paddle kayaks first because of a lot of internet influence and, Ended up go ahead and go ahead like my buddy Eric went ahead and go ahead go yeah the English English that, that I so? speak sometimes blah, 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 blah. went ahead and um, traded those kayaks and sold those kayaks and went for the old pedal drives, um, but definitely you know like check out like a twelve to thirteen foot pedal drive depending on how big you want to go, but I wouldn't go any shorter than twelve foot to be honest. The top water by Old Town was the first one that I got. Um, being 1800 bucks for that one, correct? Think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it comes pretty much ready to rock and roll. I mean, it has pedals, pedal drive, dude, pedal drive. You can't use the paddles. I, I wouldn't go kayaking if I had to use the paddles. Yeah. And you got to insert reverse. So that means as soon as you, you know, rotate those pedals backwards, you're going to start, start pedaling backwards. So, Input on pedal drives in the river. So I've taken both my topwater and my predator into the river. Like when I say the river, I mean like pulling that bad boy over rocks, wading through, um, wading through shoals and all that kind of stuff. Really, what I do is I just unclip my drive so that if I do run up on a rock, it just pops my drive up into my kayak. Um, but I found that, you know, you go through the shallow stuff, you pop your drive up and you pedal through and then you put your drive back down. Now, 
I would not do that um, in the winter time. Like if this is the dead of winter and it's really, really cold outside, you're going to get really, really wet unless you got a really good pair of waders and like you're waterproofed all the way up. I wouldn't do that. But in the summer, no issue. I mean, I took, I <laughs> I took my predator to a river that I probably should have never took my predator to because it is more of a V style hole, like made for big water. And I was an idiot and I don't know what I was thinking. I should have took my top water. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was interesting, but it worked. I mean, me and Bethany did, me and Bethany did the clinch in, in the predator in the top water. Bethany was a lot better off in the top water though. Cause it's more of a flat catamaran U style hole, which, um, they've which redesigned. You could, actually put, you could actually put that paddle drive up in the boat if you had to. and just paddle. Absolutely. Yeah. You just pull it up and that's what I would do. Like once we go through shallow water, just pop my pedal drive up. And um, it locks up into place. It's not going anywhere. And I just paddle down through the rapids, drop that bad boy back in there, set, fish, 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 and then go along on my merry way. But, I mean, there was a couple fish that I absolutely 1,000% caught. And my buddy Nick, who was with me when I caught those two fish, would tell you this. I caught because I had that pedal drive. I was able to shoot across through the current, pull up into an eddy, and sit there and just barely turn my pedals and almost act like my own Ultrex and just set up in that eddy, throw a swim bait up there in a high percentage area, caught a four-pounder, and I did that twice in one day. I mean, I caught eight pounds of smallmouth, one going better than almost 21 inches, um, just solely from being able to have that pedal drive. So, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm, – I'm looking forward to getting back into kayak fishing. Like, I really am. Like, I, I've missed it. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, it's one of those things here that you can't really do unless the weather's pretty nice. Yeah. Like I am I am one thousand percent a fair weather kayak angler. Like if the weather's not nice, I am not going. Well, and dude, your water stays so cold. I mean, even if when I was up there in June, there was lakes that were like sixty one. That's freezing. Yeah, yeah. So but um Brian Stuckey asked, Will perspective mode work in twenty to thirty foot depths? I don't think it's going to just the angle that the transducer shoots. It's really meant for like 15 foot or less. Now I'm hoping that Garmin comes out with a way to make it work in that little bit deeper water next season. Um, because, I, but, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to have to actually come out with a different transducer for it to do that or come out with a mount for perspective mode where you can really adjust the tilt. Now, the homemade mount that I'm going to be using, I might be able to do that. I might be able to get it close to that depth, shoot it just more straight down. But at that point, you're basically not using perspective mode the way it's supposed to be using. You know what is getting on my nerves lately? No. Are these damn Instagram? Have you got these Instagram comments? It's like, don't sit on Bitcoin. I made $10,000 in two days thanks to Johnny B. You just started getting those, then you're behind the times. Oh, God. I mean, I get them all the time now, and it is driving me nuts. Driving me nuts. Yeah. Let's talk about something else that drives you nuts, Alex. What are you going to talk about? On Instagram. What about? Or or on YouTube. Oh, you want to talk about something that drives me nuts? Grinds my (laughs) gears. I was sitting on the toilet going to the bathroom the other day, and I'm just enjoying my time just looking at Bassmaster, watching FLW, checking out all these different things. Alex goes, you want to know what grinds my gears? You know what would be a great topic for Friday Night Live? I got something that would be a great topic for Friday Night Live. Alex, take it away. 
All right. So is girls on Instagram who get thousands upon thousands of followers and then start a YouTube channel and do 150,000 subscribers in a week because of their tits and their butt. Sorry, but they can't fish. They have no discernible fishing skills whatsoever. And the only reason they're successful is because there are women. They said they say that there's a, a gender gap in, um, in the workforce. Yeah. Yeah. It's to women's favor on social media. Come now, on, Ben. You know say, the truth. I will say that they they are just using what they are given to do that. But I have a lot of respect for women that don't necessarily like show off their body that are amazing fishermen. You have Midwest. But then they don't get any gal. attention. They don't get any attention. You have Midwest no. fisher gal who is like fighting for attention, and she's finally starting to get it in the industry. And she's an absolute hammer, but she doesn't go out there to show off her body. So, but I mean, that's because we are a male dominated sport so you have a bunch of guys who love to fish who are looking at a bunch of fishing content of other dudes holding up fish and then when there's a girl holding up fish in a bikini they're like oh two of my favorite things ever in the world like (laughs) what there's just that 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 there's some dude or some girl holding up a fish in a bikini if that girl was fully clothed it wouldn't get a sniff of attention Totally, totally honest. You know it's you know it's true. You know it's true. VW Smart said, "Quit hating." Post links below. <laughs> <laughs> oh my man, I love it. I love it. I don't know. Yeah, now that really grinds my gears because there's a couple in particular that are just absolutely ridiculous, and they've started YouTube channels and they're getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views. They've got like four videos, and the only reason is is their thumbnail is them with their tits halfway hanging out and the butt out. And that's just, you know, that's a great example for younger women wanting to get into fishing. That's just great because you know, I teach fifth graders. Trust me, we don't need any more sexualized bullshit on the internet. We've got enough already. I dealt with that lately. Um, but like, just, I don't know, really, really drives me nuts. That's what grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gear. You remember that on Family Guy? You know what really grinds my gears. You know remember really Pete? grinds my gears. You know he had that whole segment on on uh, what did he was he on the news? What really grinds my gears? <laughs> Peter, yeah. Peter Griffin. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, that's what that's what really 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 grinds. What are you gears. most excited for checking out tomorrow at the Bassmaster Classic Expo? Because you are going down. If people want to meet you, kind of reiterate when you're going to be there, what you're going to be doing down there. Um, yeah, I'm going to be there. No, yeah, for real. Um, I'm going to be there, probably going to get there about nine, going to leave about four shirty, four shirty or five o'clock. Um, cause I'm going fishing on Sunday and I'm not going to stay down there cause I just don't really want to be down there. I'm not, I don't know. A lot of people show up to show face and, uh, you know, play happy grab ass. I'm going to walk around and shake hands with everybody and ask everybody how they're doing and actually being genuine with them and not just use them for free stuff like some people do. Um, and then I'm leaving and coming home and going fishing. Um, but I'll be there like nine to four, just walking around. I don't have any plans to be at any particular booth for any particular reason. Um, I'm sure I'll linger in the, uh, the lose booth. I'm sure I'll linger in the AFCO booth. I'm sure I'll linger in the old town booth. And then, I'll be heading back to the Hacienda. Um, what I'm excited to see. New kayak. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, Honestly, no one no nail. one came out with new products really this year. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean like last year there was a lot of stuff. Thunder Cricket, 
What else was there? I mean, mainly the Garmin trolling motor. The All Garmin the, trolling, yeah. Well, no, they didn't introduce the trolling motor. That was iCast. Yeah, that's iCast. Classic, they don't really release a ton of brand new products. They just release a product, a lot of products that um, could potentially win the Classic because they try and release baits that might potentially win the Classic so then people will buy a bunch of those baits. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, so. great comment. Would you love to see a Northern Classic? Like bring the Classic back up like towards the end of the year in September and make the Classic up north. I would love to see a Classic any, I mean, like, yeah, sure, I don't care. I mean, I'd love to see some fall tournaments, period. Mm-hmm. I want to see fall tournaments. I want to see evening tournaments. Because, like, those even, evening tournaments that did the MLF last year were really cool. I want to see some fall tournaments. I mean, because here's the deal. There's such a disconnect with fishing when it comes to tournament bass fishing for a couple of reasons. Okay, I, I want to get on this topic. We're going to talk about this for a minute because I sent you something the other day on Instagram that really grinded my gears. Um, you know what I'm talking about with the boat ramp. You just start telling me, and I'm sure I'll get it. Okay. First of all, let's talk about how tournament fishing set up, professional tournament fishing. I would love to see what well, on where the patch pirate jersey so you'll fit in. I like that. That's funny. Um, you can actually buy you can actually buy pros jerseys now, like you buy like you know professional oh. football players jerseys. But no, like it was so funny. I was watching the weigh-in today, and there's like 42 dudes with jerseys on it. It's like Berkeley Zoom Strike King Yum, and I'm like. So you're sponsored by Berkeley Zoom Striking and Yum. Oh, okay, yeah. What do you get? Two percent off code. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's get back into this. Um, what was I talking about? Rabbit holes. Yes. Welcome to the next rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Um. Wait. Something about classics fall tournaments. Yeah. All right. So, like, if you look at the way tournament fishing is set up, and I know they do this because they want to see people, oh. or they, they want to see the guys catch a giant fish. But like, all they do is follow the spawn. Really, that's all they do. They follow the spawn. They follow the pre-spawn and the spawn so that they can catch the absolute biggest fish that they possibly can, and they just follow it right up through the country. Right? I say, yeah, there's going to be some smaller fish caught, but drop those dudes on a. Douglas Lake in September. Drop those dudes on a Lake St. Clair in October. Like, dude. How, how silly. But the problem is, like, tournament fishing is done in September. It's done in mid-September, early September. So you never even get a fall bite. Not at all. Yeah. When yeah, was that tournament on St. Clair last year? In August? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not even getting into these fall bites. That can be some of the most phenomenal bites of the year. However, yeah. there needs to be an off season, I guess, but they're also not competing every week. Like they're not I would love to hear this argument that these guys should be competing on a regular basis like professional other sports. Right? Like two tournaments a month. Yeah, I agree with that. What if they had two tournaments a month for nine or ten months out of the year? You have twenty tournaments a year. Do it. I that's, would what, love that. that's what John Cox is doing. <laughs> He's oh, doing John it. Cox is doing like three and a half tournaments a month and like yeah. just skipping tournaments because he's like, well, I can't fish Bassmaster Elite Series or I can't fish FLW because I got a conflict. He's like, I don't even care about Angler of the Year. I'm just going to go take a bunch of money this year. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't know. I think it'd be cool to see these dudes fish evening tournaments, fish night tournaments, fish um, just all that kind of stuff. I mean, do something really off the wall with tournament bass fishing because I think that's what's going to make it interesting. You know what I mean? It's going to kind of revitalize the sport. Now, my second thing that grinds my gears. Oh, I know where you're going with this one. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm ready. Like, prove me wrong. You know that you know that meme of uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, I don't know his name. It's like sitting there. He's drinking the coffee. Says, "Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong on this one." So I seen a video the other day where the Bassmasters Classic has shut down an entire public ramp to load and unload the pros' boats. It bothers me, and let me tell you why. Dude, they have shut down an entire public access ramp paid for by the public and paid for with fishing license sales and public dollars to the public for a bass tournament that was paid for with tax dollars taken from the people of the city of Birmingham for this classic. So there are people who don't give a single dog crap about bass fishing whose tax dollars are going to bring this tournament series into this city. Yeah, Which, yeah like closing, there's going to be it's giant... It's like closing down a PGA golf course because the PGA is coming to town. I don't know nothing about golf. And golf courses aren't public. They're private. you got to pay to play. You don't got to pay to play at the boat ramp. Your, your fishing license, you buying that fishing license goes to the conservation of the boat ramps and the fisheries themselves. It's public water, bro. I'm sorry. Keep public lands public. Keep public waters public. And you, I'm telling you, it bothers me. It bothers me. Are you sure that that ramp is a public ramp? There's a oh hell yeah, there ain't a not. Where is there not going to be a public ramp on on uh, Gunnersville? And I know where they're putting in at. They're putting in at the state park. It's where they always put in for all the big tournaments. I'm not sure. But it bothers. I don't me. know what to say. It doesn't. It, it doesn't really bother me. I guess I, I'm just. I'm just mean. I just. I don't care about those local guys who want to put in on the same ramp the Bassmaster Elite Series is putting in. At. I go put in at the one half mile down the road, buddy. Bob. But regardless of where the boat ramps are at, <laughs> public public dollars are being spent for public. I was public- amazed when I went to Gunnersville at. Like you, if you weren't at the ramp when the sun came up, you were not parking at that, like at the ramp. You were parking like across the street, down the road. I mean, there's just so many boats all year long on Gunnersville. Yeah, there is. It's it's a very, very busy place. So, but no, I mean, it just, it just bothers me but it is a big deal it is a big deal because it's public like okay here's the deal when it when when people don't view it as a big deal what starts to happen is your rights to public lands and public water waters gets taken away period like oh it's not that big a deal that they shut down most of point 19 and turned it into a bicycling park yeah it is you just took away a massive swath of land that could be used for public hunting away from people who may not have private lands to go fish on or go hunt on. I mean, it bothers me. 
because it's like gun control. It's like anything else. You let them take a piece, and before too long, they're going to have the whole damn thing in their hand, and they're going to have a hold of it. Scott does make a good point, though. Local businesses are going to make a lot of money, and they are. They're raking in a lot of that, a lot of that cash, and there was a lot of revenue. I mean, Knoxville made a lot when you know from the Bassmasters Classic being there, but the University of Tennessee also made a lot from the Bassmasters Classic being there. So there's a lot of private business that benefits. There's a lot of uh, public things that benefit, but it just bothers me that that they're shutting down whole public ramps for these guys. Like this, if the resource is going to be used, they need to use it just like anybody else would use it. Come in, use it leave i think i think they should be paying to come in and use it because then that goes back into conservation that's just me but yeah that's just me yeah so hey tj hopefully i'll see you tomorrow bud I don't know where Man, I'll see I'm really I'll disappointed. See I am really disappointed that I'm not going to be able to get down there this year. It was nice last year because it was nine hours away. I could drive down, stay with you, drive to the thing, drive home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Such is life. Mm-hmm. 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 Guys, ask us some questions. I, I like interacting because you guys have some really unique conversation points. Conversation point? Yeah. Um, have you figured out what you want to do on Sunday? I'm going fishing. What are you going to be doing? Cranking? Throwing a net rig? Throw a net rig and just catch some fish, man. No. I don't even have net rig hooks. I don't even have net rig he- heads in my boat. That's 100% God honest truth. How much would Joe Biden have to pay you to take him fishing? I'm nothing because I'd push him off the damn boat because I'd hope he couldn't swim. <laughs> kidding okay. me? Get Joe Biden in the boat with me. He don't even know where he's at. Did you hear, did you hear the other day? Oh, we're about to get into it now. He said that 150 million people died from gun guns last year. Americans. That's half the U.S. population. I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. But anyway, let's keep going here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. Um. I'm trying to figure it out. I've been I've been kind of toying with some different ideas. May go check out some stuff. May go a little exploring. May do some exploring. Um, I don't know. I'm just getting tired of going to the same lake over and over and over again. I'm ready to mix it up a little bit and go see if uh, see if I can find some different kind of stuff. So, what do you think about the coronavirus? I think that you're definitely not going to catch the coronavirus because you don't drink beer, so you're pretty safe. Yeah, I heard that's the best way to get it is the coronavirus. So. Yeah, that gone, that coronavirus, dude. I went to the Costco the other day. It was stupid. These people, they were acting like idiots. They had a five limit on, uh, five case limit on the water because these people were buying up the water and crap. It was absolutely ridiculous. Oh god, that was my hand. Absolutely ridiculous. So stupid. It's just fear mongering. Oh yeah, yeah. A green pig was killed last year in a shootout. I'm sorry, green pig. I'm glad that your ghost is here, though, watching my uh, my live stream. Make sure and go vote in the state of California, because if you're dead, you can vote. Anyway, um, Alex, do you have any recommendations on kayaks for a beginner? Under 2,000, I'm a big guy, 
So I've been scared to spending any kind of money and being not being able to use it because I am too big. Um, I would definitely look at, I'm telling you, man, look at the pedal drives. Look at the pedal drives. The top water. Ben, keep these people busy for a minute. I'm going to see what the top water costs real quick. Better. Five baits you're probably tying on for your first boat launch of the season. The first one is going to be a small swim bait uh, on like a half or three-quarter ounce head. Whether that's a Kitech Easy Shiner or it's just like a standard three-and-a-half-inch swim bait, I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm probably going to have some sort of lipless crankbait tied on. I have a list right here. I should probably just pull it out. A Ned Rig or a Tube. A don't know you know oh a lipless a medium diving crankbait with flat sides a deep jerk bait a net rig and a swim bait are my five first baits deep jerk bait huh what's the best graph for a beginning kayak angler i think um so one of the big problems you're going to notice with a lot of electronics is that side scan is not going to be super effective on kayaks because you can't move the kayak quick enough to get a good picture on side scan. It will be useful, especially if you run on like the slowest settings to like see, okay, there's a little bit of grass a hundred feet to my left, or there's, you know, a rock 50 feet to my, to my right. But for the most part, side scan, you're not going to get the crisp, clean image that you would on, on a standard boat going like three and a half, four miles an hour. Most of your damage is going to be done with just your traditional 2D sonar, which is going to be directly below the boat. So, all right, this was this is the kayak I would suggest. This is a new offering. It's a 10 foot pedal driven kayak from Old Town. It's got the U style catamaran hole like the top water does. Essentially, it's a top water um, that they've shrunk down just a little bit, um, but it's got the pedal drive, all that kind of stuff. $1,099. So, two grand. Essentially, it's two grand, and I mean, you're going to get everything that you need right there to go out and be be successful on the water. Bethany, I always put her in the top water, and she she loves it. So that is what I would suggest. Back to your normal programming. Thank you. Yeah. So I love th- I love this dude. He just he talks like I talk. Why the hard on for kayak tournaments and not bass boat tournaments? I hate bass boat tournaments because of the culture around it. Everybody's a bunch of assholes. I'll be straight up honest with you. I don't like the culture around it. I love the culture around kayak tournaments. It's also more challenging. Um, I dare any dude, anybody that oh my hammer in bass tournaments. Come fish one kayak tournament, and it'll totally change your perspective. It is just a it's odd. It's a challenge for me to go out there. And, and catch those fish and so i love it i really feel like um i really feel like kayak tournament fishing kayak fishing in general has made me a better angler because it has definitely shown me patience like milking a spot sitting on a spot for a while because even if you've got a pedal drive even if you got a trolling motor you can't up and run 25 minutes down the lake to get to a spot like you have got to chill in one spot and just just really work it. So, did you see William Daniels' question? No, I did not. What's the best way to get our youth out fishing without us all looking like a pedophile? Uh, that's that's a great question. I think you have to develop some sort of like mentorship relationship, whether that's helping out with like a local club or helping out with a, 
a high school team yeah. because if you're just like, hey, little kid, come on my boat. Let me give you some fairy fishing gear. Like, yeah, you're going to look weird, right? But like you have to have some sort of relationship with those people before you ask them to come on your boat. So Yeah, yeah. So like Owen that I fished with the other day, I know his dad, known his dad for a long time. Um, a lot of those kids, he's on the Halls fishing team, which is a local high school to me. Um, but, you know, if you want to – help in something like that just find like a like a local club or find a high school team that's looking for some mentors or some boaters or something like that and you'll probably have to pass a background check or something like that because it's just part of public school systems you know like you can't go on a field trip with my school unless you pass a background check that kind of stuff it's just part of it um but once you do that you know you can go in there and you can work with kids and help to mentor them and get them into <laughs> to fishing so hey our boy bradley helmus has been telling me and all bad dudes in the big boats that's true i mean we joke, but there are a lot of really good dudes uh, that fish these tur- tournaments. And Bradley, thank you for hopping on here, my man. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of super nice guys. Like, I've met – I'm not saying everybody's a dick. Just a majority. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bradley Hall. Is that the, the dude? That's Bradley that, Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a cool dude. I met him yeah, last Bradley, year. Last yeah, Bradley's an absolute hammer. Yeah. Hey, Bradley. I, you probably already have a perspective mount, but if you don't hit me up, um, I'll share with you some stuff that, yeah. <laughs> you gonna, you gonna teach him how you Jerry rigged it. I will. I will dude. because perspective, I will talk about that thing over and over live or traditional panoptics literally changed my entire life. Like the entire course of my life. if you really break it down, like without panoptics, you and I would have never met. I would have never had John B and those guys up here. Then I would have never had my YouTube channel where it is. And I really think like perspective, I wasn't super stoked on live scope. I know that's what really made Garmin big, but like, yeah, I could sort of do that with panoptics, but I think I can do the same thing with perspective mode that panoptics allow me to do it will like literally change the way that I'm able to fish shallow water. Yeah. 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 But no, I'm, um, no, I have nothing against bass boats. I mean, I obviously I own one. Actually, I own my little, I'll own my little, my little Alex is embarrassed here. well, I just, I don't, well, here's <laughs> the deal. I don't want people to think that I'm like out here, like against everybody. I'm about whatever. I'm just getting red. Oh, what? Getting a little red there, buddy. Oh, Jesus God. Yeah. Ben, what what is the one thing that you can't do to Alex Rudd? Let's be honest. Can't piss you off and you don't really care about much. Yeah, exactly. No, but, um, yeah, no. I just, yeah, I just don't want everybody to think I'm like a dick. Like, (laughs) I mean, seriously, I just don't want everybody because I do. Ben, okay, we got to tell the story now. So me and Ben, <laughs> he comes down for, what were you here for the last time? You oh, were here. Just came down. Yeah, just you came, came down. down. It happened to be Bethany's birthday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so I turned to Bethany. I was like, hey, Ben's met everybody, right? And Bethany goes, yes, he was at our wedding. And I was like, oh, yeah. I just didn't want to seem like a dick and not introduce him to everybody. Dude, you made a step in the right direction. I was so proud of you. I turned to you and I'm like, Alex, you just offered to introduce me to your friends and your family. Like Alex's normal perspective on this entire thing is like, 
Oh yeah, like Ben Ben showed up, like introduce yourself. Yeah, which yeah. I'm okay with, but I'm just saying that's. I just have to like, check myself every sometimes because I can come off as a real asshole. This this the way it is. Yeah, but you know yeah. what amazes you know what amazes and scares me more than most things in my life is just your ability to teach kids. Dude, like you, I have a you have it. That's what I was just gonna say. You have a switch that you can turn on and like connect with these kids and teach them lessons about life. And yeah. turn them into good humans. Yeah, and then yeah, I mean, and then you get onto YouTube and you're just like a totally different person. You want to know why? Because kids have a chance. Adults are already done. <laughs> <laughs> kids have a chance. I can change a kid's life. An adult, I'm just finished with you. I mean, once you get past like 18, I'm just like, well, can't do nothing with that one. Let's stamp that one done and keep on going. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that. Uh, that's funny. And I am, I'm a big kid. Like I really am. Like some days, Bethany will tell you, it is like living with a 10 year old. Like I am just, I'm all over the place. I am 20, I'm a thousand miles an hour, 24 seven. So, but no, I may, uh, I may actually fish some boat tournaments this year. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do. Cause I just don't want to like fish BFLs and all that. I just don't. I don't yeah. Know. So here's, here's my perspective on tournaments because I fished a lot of them. What I find super interesting is when you're at that super small club level, there's one of two ways it can go. You can either really enjoy fishing them because the people in those clubs become friends and become buddies. And it's like a kayak tournament where like everyone shares information and has fun. Or it can be the exact opposite and everyone thinks they're going to go out and be the next Kevin Van Dam and they can like run you off the water and get mad that you're making YouTube videos. That's really where I kind of felt because the really small club, I love to fish. Mm-hmm. The bigger club, I despise and hate it. Mm-hmm. And then like, once you get to like the higher levels, the BFLs, the opens, the, the level that Brad Holman and all those guys fish, um, which used to be the, the pro circuit, you get to the point where people realize it's a business, mm-hmm. right? So people realize if you're going to be making videos, guess what? It's a business. Like you are an influencer, you are a um, asset, a marketing asset to the companies you're working with. So if you want to film, film, because guess what? No one really cares, mm-hmm. but I feel like most of the problems with club tournaments happens at like that in between stage where it's not a tiny club and it's not like a, a moderate pro circuit club or an event, right? That's where I I've noticed most of the issues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've even showed up to the boat ramps on a Wednesday night where they're having a local tournament and like, not even be fishing in the tournament. It's just like I go, went to this ramp on a Wednesday night because I'm going to fish, and people are like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, um, I'm fishing. In our tournament, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just here to fish like because it's a lake and it's public. And they're like, oh, okay, well, good. Because people know who I am because I make YouTube videos. And it's like fascinating that they think that I'm like a pro. I promise you, like, I can fish. But I ain't no pro. Like, or they, or they think you're like good. Yeah, like I'm. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like I can hold my own. But I mean, like, like these dudes, like they get like real wary. Like anytime, I guess it's just the whole. It's there is a stigma which I I try to be as transparent with it as possible around when someone gives you something or you get paid to fish with something. It's just like. I don't know, something happens there that people start to, they get a weird mindset about it. You know what I mean? Which is, it's strange. You're right though. 
You're right, though. It, it is strange. Yes, I'll be at the classic tomorrow. I'm just going to be mingling around. I don't have any. I don't have any plans, which I love. I hate. I hated. We did the classic last year and had meetings the whole time, and I hated it. Like be at this booth at this time and be here at this time. I, this year, I was like, no responsibilities. Do not call me. Do not look at me. Do not call my name. I will be there when I feel like getting there, and you know, we'll shake hands and hug or whatever else i'm not hugging anybody i may hug emily that's it because she's really sweet but the rest of them they don't even gonna touch me because i'm not getting the damn coronavirus mm. i'm really interested so let's talk coronavirus just for a second <laughs> a new scent from berkeley corona coronavirus. no so there's talks about canceling comic-con over in los angeles now obviously comic-con is like way bigger than the bass master Massive, yeah it's like hundreds of thousands of people come to this thing. But like, wait, wait, they canceled the Arnold. So the Arnold is a big giant weightlifting convention yeah, they, they have canceled. up in Ohio. It's no bigger than the Bassmasters Classic. Like, but what I'm saying is like, what are the chances? Like, this is fishing see- show season. So guys are going from like New Jersey, New York, like down the East Coast, like around, they're going all over. These companies are literally going to all these shows. And then they'll go to the Bassmaster Classic. What are the chances someone catches the corona? And you get quarantined there. Zero to none. Dude, it would be amazing. It would be such a good story. We could make a movie out of this. The Bassmaster Coronavirus of 2020. (laughs) It all started in Birmingham, Alabama in 2020. (laughs) Uh, I can hear the CNN report 20 years from now when half a million people are dead. It all started in 2020 in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Bradley Hallman licked Ben Nowak's foot and the coronavirus was <laughs> Dude, I didn't know Shimano pulled out of the the classic. Dude, the corona. Dude, these people are... This is getting too wild. I'm sorry. It's just too wild. Like, it's not that big a deal. It is really not. Well, the mortality rate is 4 to 6%. The normal mortality rate of the flu is 0.1%. Well, here's the deal. You want to know the people who are dying? Old, unhealthy people. They said the biggest reason so many people died in China is because most of them are smokers, and their lungs were already just crap from smoking their whole entire life. And so when they got the coronavirus, it attacks your respiratory system, and it just started killing them because they're already just got crappy lungs from not taking care of themselves. And it's killing old people. All those people that died in Seattle are old people. Hey, I just got to thank the 131 people who have decided to stay on to listen to this rabbit hole of this podcast. And this has been the, the weirdest episode that we have ever. I, uh, you know, here's the deal. This is why I want to do my own thing and not have anybody to be responsible for me or and or be responsible to just so I can make sure that I can have a 10 minute conversation about the coronavirus with Ben. <laughs> and it's just not not somebody <coughs> calling me the oh, next God. He's got it. I've got it. He's <laughs> with the coronavirus. I just I just I just got the coronavirus. I just got the coronavirus. Oh my gosh. Oh, Lord of mercy. God. Dad, shut up. My dad's in here. Is it the Vision Channel or Germ Channel? Hush. I swear, I'm going to punch you in the jejunum next time I see you. Dude, you should wear you should wear one of those face savers tomorrow. 
<laughs> weird my beard push, I need to push my beard up and do it like this. Your asshole, honey? Yeah. The real one that has the thing that covers your mouth? God. I love it. I love it. So silly. I love it. $5, $5 to stay unsponsored and speak the truth. Amen. Alex, we had a conversation on the phone the other night, and it was like super random, even more random than this. Oh, it was about it was about um Bexley shitting herself. Oh, and yeah. Like, dude, could you imagine if we just filmed our phone conversations and put them up on, on a podcast? Like, they're terrible. They're ridiculous. We have some really dumb conversations. Mm-hmm. It'd be great, though. I mean, you ain't lived until your dog's had diarrhea. At least yeah, once. <laughs> All right, so let's keep going here. Let's, uh, dude, we've been going at it for a minute, but we still got 130 people in here, so we're gonna keep this thing going for a few more minutes. But then I gotta get in bed because I'm getting up at five o'clock. Hey, the guy who won the uh, kayak side of the BASS down there at the classic caught all his fish on a spy bait. I know, I mean, hot am. Dude, that spy bait's a sleeper. I've been saying that. Nobody listens to me, but it's a sleeper. Let's talk a little bit about that whole weigh-in. Okay. Let's talk about it. You were watching it live while I was driving to Home Depot, and you and I were kind of amazed at the way that the whole thing was going, like the way they were announcing people and like shock. I don't know. I listened to it through your phone. So this this is one dude. And I don't know the announcer guy who he was, but he gets up there and the guy goes, Hey, I just want to tell everybody, thank my sponsors, power pole, blah, blah, blah. Um, just want to say that I signed with native watercraft this afternoon. And I'm really, I'm really excited about that partnership. And the announcer guy goes, Oh, looky there. You guys have got sponsors and everything. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, wow. Way to make him feel like that big while he's standing on the Bassmasters Classic stage and just getting the fish in a tournament. Even when he, he they won the tournament, they're like, and you've now won the Bassmaster Bass Nation Kayak Championship. How does it feel? And what a great accomplishment as a kayak angler. And said something, and he's like, you've won $10,000. Dude, $10,000 is the winning prize of the lowest Bassmaster Elite Series competitor. Now, I'm not saying, I am not saying that the entire process to qualify for the Bass Nation Kayak Championship is as sophisticated as the Elite Series. I just think it's very interesting. Like, until they make it something separate from the Bassmaster Classic, it won't be anything more than just uh, an afterthought. Yeah, I thousand percent agree. Thousand percent. I mean, the whole the level at which they want kayak fishing to be um what's the best words I'm looking for here? Uh be accepted, I guess would be the best way. I, I don't know if it can ever reach that level without some kind of change. Like KBF really, really tried. Then they partnered with FLW and they really, really tried. And then they have partnered now with Bass, not KBF, but Bass has got their own series. And they're just going to really, really try. But I just don't know, man. I mean, like, even when I go to fish these KBF tournaments, like, I showed up to that KBF tournament last year, and I'm walking around, and, like, Scott is introducing me to these guys. I have no idea who they are. I've never heard of them before in my whole entire life. And, like, I think Scott wanted me to be more starstruck than I was at these dudes, but I had no idea who they were. 
because they're just a big deal in that community. You know what I mean? And like, like just, which, which to an extent, right? Like when you're in the Bassmaster Elite Series, like us guys that film and make YouTube videos, most of those guys don't know who we are either. No, absolutely not. Not unless you're in our not unless you're in our little segment of the world. And that's what I always say about bass fishing in general. It is such an obscure sport. Yeah, if Kevin Van Dam walks down a Hollywood Boulevard, you're not going to get people like, "Oh my gosh, that's Kevin Van Dam." Oh my gosh. But if you put Derek Jeter and you have him walk down Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. Like dude's going to get stopped or Kevin or LeBron James or Kevin Durant or like yeah. any of these major um, athletes. Yeah, and, and I, I just, I, I don't know, man. It's it's very it's very weird. I, I've always said this. You've got fishing, then you've got all these different subsects of fishing: salt water, red fishing within salt water, speckled trout within salt water, um, inshore fishing within salt water, offshore fishing within salt water, red snapper fishing within salt water. You got freshwater. You've got crappie. You've got walleye. You've got catfish. You've got bass. Well, then you go to bass. Okay, so then bass fishing has the sub-segment of tournament fishing that has a sub-segment of YouTube guys who make content, which is just a strange thing that I never thought would ever exist. And then you've got guys who kayak fish, and then you've got guys who just bank fish. And it's just a very weird, like, muddied-up, trickle-down effect. And I really do – like, a lot of people get way too serious about it and take it, like, way too serious – but then it's good too because then that helps to if there is some sort of seriousness around it, then it helps to give it more legitimacy, right? But right. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. It's weird. Ooh, okay, it's so if you had to list your favorite three, your top three favorite anglers, like if you could, who would they be? Top three favorite anglers. Yes. Um. Based on what? And they don't necessarily even have to be pros, right? They could be just top three favorite anglers, YouTubers, saltwater guys. It doesn't matter. People that spend their time on the water. People that spend their time on the water. Well, I'm going to go John Cox because that this dude, I mean, you know. Oh, oh, you said every Dude, what I heard and what you said – are two very different. Well, then what things. did you hear? My brain was like half zoned out, and then I thought you said giant, <laughs> giant cocks. Okay, no, John. <laughs> I got, I got you. Now. I got you now. Yep, John Cox is because I mean he's like my style of fishing: aluminum boat, getting up in the sticks, like going where no one else wants to go. Um, Greg Hackney, again, my style, frogging, flipping, spinnerbait fishing, swim jig. I mean, anything that if I'm in that shallow water that I can go and catch a fish. And then um, probably Kevin Van Dam. I mean, like, that dude is just, I mean, he, Kevin da- Van Dam is still a guy that whenever he does an interview or whenever he, you know, is – you know, someone ghost writes an article for him or whatever happens. There always just seems to be a little, a little tinge of something in there that I've never heard before. Or there's something that I learned from watching them that I've never learned before. Most anglers, I'll be honest, I watch them and I'm like, that's not a secret. Quit trying to keep it a secret. 
like, no, nah, I've seen that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Kevin Van Dam just seems like the kind of guy that's always just something. And I guess mm-hmm. that's why he's the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, Kevin and Aaron. Martin. I, yeah, Mike Iaconelli also has some really unique secrets. And I figured out that vegetable oil trick. He drills a one-eighth inch hole, uses a syringe to push vegetable oil in, and then puts epoxy back over top of it. Just in case you're that, that dude, that dude was like smoking some ganja one night <laughs> and said, "I guess it's Man. like a really old school trick to do that." What we're talking about is putting vegetable oil in a crankbait to sink it down and taking like a five XD or a striking series five and sinking it to thirty foot of water. That's interesting. Yep. Now I do remember my dad drilling out the bills of the crankbaits and putting lead in them to sink them down like that, but never vegetable oil. Yeah. <clears throat> But um, mine would probably be number one is Mark Zona. Mark Zona is. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I forget. Yeah, Zona for sure. Yeah. Zona, yeah. I also really. Jordan Lee is up on that list now for me. Just. He, he's an angler that I would love to sort of pick his brain and more so just spend time on the water with him to like see how he fishes. And I guess he's not number two. Brian Thrift is number two. And then maybe Jordan Lee or like I can. You introduced me to Brian Thrift. I had no idea who he was until I started fishing. My God. Brian Thrift is the man, dude. He is the dude. And I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of these guys. Like I had dinner with David Dudley one time, and that was fun. Dudley's a a wild man. He's a wild man. I've had the opportunity to meet some of these guys. Or something. It's just really cool. So, yeah, yeah. They're uh, it's interesting. Yeah, Zona. I have to say, like Zona, like looking back on my youth. <laughs> Zona's not. Zona's the dude. Zona's the dude. Yeah. What show was he on before Zona? Zona's awesome fishing show. I don't know. So I've been watching a lot of Zona's show, um, thanks to you, and. He, like, in the very first season, he's like, yeah, Zona's Awesome Fishing Show doesn't have quite the perfect ring to it, but, you know, it'll do. But not quite as good as the name of my last fishing show. But I don't know what his last fishing show was. What's also really interesting is Zona is, like, 45 years old, I think. And uh, if he's been doing that show for 10 years, that means he started that when he was 35. How young does that make you feel, currently? How Dude, young does it make me feel? Yeah. That means we have, we're, like, we what we're doing, we have another, I have seven years before I'm 35 years old. I have, I have 20 years before I'm 45 years old. Yeah. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, we, we have so much. We're so money. young. In, in yeah, the we're, on, we're on the cusp of, we're on the cusp of what all this can actually be. I mean, I'm... I'm not worried at all about what this will develop into. I got a question because me and uh, me and Bethany had this conversation earlier. Uh, Brandon Card, while he was weighing in, he played the old Bassmaster theme song for his ride in song. And it's pretty cool. I, yeah. you know, I remember it from watching like old episodes because you know me, I have an obsession with like 1980s and 80s to early 90s, um, like Bassmasters episodes because I feel like I'm going to find some like old bait that no one's used in 20 years and be able to use it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't have, honestly, the first memory I have of really watching someone fish and going, 
oh dang, that was cool, was Takahiro winning the Bassmaster Classic on that last spot. Like I remember Saturday morning watching that, sitting on my mom and dad's bed with my dad and watching him win that tournament after the fact, obviously. But like I don't really have a lot of fishing memories, like watching fishing on TV. I remember watching hunting a lot, yeah, but not fishing. I remember watching Bill Dance a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Houston, I watched him quite a bit, which is super surreal. Like I remember the first time I saw Jimmy Houston in person at the FLW tur- tournaments, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Like there's Jimmy Houston with that crazy hair. Like It's just weird. But really what inspired me to fish, I didn't grow up around bass fishing. Like I like to fish, but I grew up fit playing hockey. So it was Ike and Ellie's City Limits Fishing. Heck yeah. That was when I was like, man, what is that boat? Like, that's a bass boat? That's so cool. And then he, like, runs up into the cuts, at, like, in the city limits and catches fish. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I remember that show. Uh, you know, another one I should remember. What was that guy's name? Um, He was from, like, Pittsburgh or something. And he was like just real, like he was just like a smart ass, and he was real loud, and he went bass fishing. Fisherman? Um, no, or- no. Um, come on, someone help me out here. He was like Mark Zell or <laughs> Dave Mercer? No, 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 no. No, this guy never was like anybody like on the pros or nothing like that. He just had a fishing show, and he would like bring different guys on and fish with him, and he was real loud and flamboyant. And like he was like had a super super thick northern accent. I do remember that show. Do you remember that show? Fishing with Joe? No, no. He talked. I mean, talked with a real <laughs> thick so- or northern accent. He's like Charlie oh, Brewer. Yes, Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer's something. Whatever his show was, Charlie Brewer goes or Charlie Moore fishing with Charlie Moore. What was the yes Charlie Moore? I remember that show. Yes, Charlie. I knew something. Charlie, Charlie Moore. I remember that show. That was a good show. Hmm. I wonder what ever happened. I've never guy. seen it. Never seen yeah, it. he was like just real loud. By the way, Zona's first show, and there were a couple people that said this is loudmouth bassin. Loudmouth bassin. That sounds like he, that sounds like every YouTube channel on YouTube. Oh right my now. gosh, so true. Loudmouth so bassin, badmouth bassin, kicking their bass, spanking their bass, whooping their bass. Ticking their bass, nicking their bass, <laughs> licking Dark, their bass. Dark said Fisherman Joe is internet only. Yeah. Dude, Fisherman Joe's the man. Fishing with Joe, I've never seen him before. He has the women that introduce oh, the show. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Fishing with Joe. That's funny. That is oh, funny, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just talking about that with Bethany. I just thought it was like super interesting that. I don't know. Like, I don't remember watching fishing shows. Like, I don't have a, a, a really like ingrained memory of fishing shows. And maybe that's I, what's wrong. Maybe that's why I I'm also like, watched. Um, who's the Canadian guy that fishes for muskie? Um, Larry Dalbar. I don't. I don't know. Anyways, Babe Winkleman. I liked him too. Or bass to fish. Babe Winkleman. Babe, Babe Tinkle. What? Sinkle, Finkle, huh? Sinkle, what? Babe, get out of here. I heard you. Or hook I and look. 
Hook and Lick was Kim Strickland. I mean, I really liked all those shows, but I hated the fact that they were television shows and all they tried to do is sell you on a bunch of stuff. Oh, Hook and Lick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Yeah. 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 Well, I tell you Bobby! what. Bye. Um, I think uh, I think we're gonna end it right here, and let me tell you why. Because I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning, and um, I do really do appreciate all 140 people tuning in, checking this thing out. If you would go hit that like button for me, because I help put this thing up to the top. Um, go do whatever you need to do on Apple Podcast. Apparently, you gotta like, I don't know, do something. The fact it. that we have 140 people that listen to this beautiful podcast tonight. Please let us know if you enjoyed it. If you guys want to hear us talk a little bit more random, or if you want us to be more focused, if you want us to be more focused, well, guys, this isn't a podcast for you because we talk about who we think about. Um, but be sure to leave us a review. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube channel because this is a live stream as well as a podcast. So if you guys are listening to us podcast, come over and check out our YouTube channel because it's a lot of fun to come exactly. here live. Exactly. And I do have to say this podcast is taking a page out of Joe Rogan's podcast. We just get on here and talk like we just go through the conversation and wherever the conversation goes, that's where we're going to end up. Now, will I clickbait you guys to get you in here? Absolutely, I will. Am I shameful of that? No, I'm not. If you don't like it, please go leave a com- uh, comment in the comment box. But guess what? There's not a comment box. Not not. Well, I mean, there's one down there. I mean, a complaint box. There's not a complaint box. I mean, I guess the comment box could be a complaint box, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that just happened. Hey, someone wants to know how old I am. 26. How old are you, Ben? You're almost 30, you old fart. Uh, 28. You old fart. You're bald for me. (sighs) You're bald. All right, broskies, brotator chips. Hey, last question. No. Who do you think is going to win the Classic? Who do I think is going to win the Classic? Well, seeing as I don't know a single damn one of the names on the board, no. Um, I'm just going to go with the person that I know because I honestly don't know the rest of them. How did that guy do from Canada? The one that rides oh, the aluminum boat. Gustafson? Yeah. I think he's doing halfway decent. I'm going to go Hank Cherry. Yeah, I really want to see Hank Cherry win it as well. I would love to see that. Or Clint Davis. I'd love to see Clint Davis win it. Oh, I do. I know that guy. I know that name. Oh, hi, Bexley. Hello. But anyways, dude, I'm going to hop off of this. Thank you guys that were joining in. My channel is The Smallmouth Experience. Go over and check that out. My channel is Alex Row Fishing. Go check it out. Oh, wait. You're here. <laughs> Bye. Oh, as always, you guys are sweet. Thanks for watching.